Hey, nerds, we understand you. Drop those controllers, lose the wizard hat, and ready your Cheetos. It's time for some hard-hitting talk about the movies, books, and games you love. So get ready, oh searcher of useless knowledge. It's time to step into the Geek Cave. Broadcasting from a top secret and totally awesome hidden base, I'm Ken Harris, and here's Darren Wright, Justin White, and Chad Savage. Happy New Year and welcome to the show that started as a way to trick my friends into hanging out with me, but I'm in too deep and I can't get out. DK Podcast Gaming, I'm Darren. I'm Justin. You know, it's never too late. <laughs> I'm Chad. <laughs> Introducing Geek Pass, where for a monthly fee, we won't review your favorite games. Starting at fifteen ninety nine a month, you can find out more on the Discord. <laughs> oh, and brought to you by Shirtosaurus Digging Up Clothing from the Past, so you can look rad today with great t-shirt, sweater, and hoodie designs on everything Geek Chic. Whether you're a fan of old-school gaming, anime, 80s cartoons, or you're just weird, find something for you at Shirtosaurus.com. There's even a shirt of Doc Brown just making the face where he just like has his mouth <laughs> hanging open. I love that shirt. Yeah. I, I need to get it, but I love that design. Yeah. Uh, and Gamefly with membership options for every budget plus gifts for gamers of all ages. Gamefly has thousands of titles you can keep as long as you want. When you're done, just send it back with a postage paid envelope for a new one or keep it forever and pay a lot less than those in-store prices. Sign up for a free 30-day trial right now using the link at geekcavepodcast.com. Gentlemen, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy so, New Year. So Geek Pass, does yes. it extend to movies and TV shows as well? Well, right now it only works on the Ouya and uh, the Doodle Stadia, but okay. eventually well, eventually it'll extend to other things. No, where we won't review. Oh, uh, yeah, that we can do that. We okay. can extend that, absolutely. Are, are spouses exempt? Yeah. Yes. So they don't have to pay. They don't have to pay because, like, if we make them pay, we're going to pay. Okay, because there's several shows my spouse refuses to let me review Yeah, because she likes them too much. But if she joins Geek Pass... But if I can... could make an extra 15 bucks... Right. So... <laughs> <laughs> my PayPal address is you wish. <laughs> <laughs> Chad. Yo. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Demo Derby! So I played a demo. Really? Yeah. The Mobius machine. The what? Mobius machine. It's Mobius, except it's got the two little dots above the O. Oh. So Mobius. (laughs) You know. They're being very... So it's not cows. <laughs> it's not cows. It's not Mubius. It's not Brutal Legend. It's Mubius. No. I was hoping it was cows. So I played the Mubius machine. And so beginning the game on a treadmill, I decided almost immediately to end that nonsense <laughs> and go explore the world. So this is a side-scrolling platformer that you control some kind of space-suited dude across an alien planet. At least that's how it starts. You know, you learn how to open doors, blast open walls, fight enemies, aim in different directions, and so forth. It's a side-scrolling platformer with a gun. As one does. Eventually, you reach the end of the level after you've learned, oh, these things, when you... 
these platforms, when you land on them, they blow up, so you're going to fall, and you can swim, but you can't dive, and these things, when you shoot them, they're going to break into two smaller things, and they're going to try to get you, these things fall from ceilings. You know, basic first-level stuff. Yeah. And I get to the end of that level, there's the big door, and a large creature fell on me and started eating me. All right. No worries. Apparently I missed that, you know, missed the tell. Mm-hmm. I'll catch it when I start back up. Except that was all just a dream. We wake up. We're on a freighter ship in space. It's the best place. And there's a distress signal going on. It's like, look, I'm just a freighter. You know, I'm a delivery boy. Got to ignore it. And my little robot buddy's like, you can do that, but then I'm going to turn you in. I'd say leave them too, but I'm programmed to turn you in because that's the law. Mm. You know, answer distress calls in space. All right. So we go check it out only for us to immediately wreck and the robot buddy explodes. All right. No witness. No witnesses. Can't take off though. Got to explore the world. And that's what, that's the demo. I mean, then you get another level where you explore and try to find a home base, basically an HQ. The platforming is really well done and well thought out. And it feels slow, like the jumping. When you jump, you can jump really high, but it jumps kind of slow. So you've got lots of time to control if you're going to go this way or that way to kind of land where you need to land. That was nice. Um, the pause menu hints at a lot of some cool collectibles, upgrades to weapons that it'll eventually get. And some of the en- enemy types... A little bit challenging, but not too bad. At least, not too bad for the demo. Uh, You do have a dedicated heal button. You know, for every enemy you kill, you get a certain type of energy. You can then trade that energy in for health. Works good. Has two modes. uh, Standard mode and retro mode. So standard mode, when you die, you have to restart, but you keep all of the stuff you've collected. Retro mode, when you die, you lose all your stuff as well. I didn't die, except against that, you know, end of tutorial boss. So I'm sure that there would be a point eventually in the game that I would be sad that I picked retro style. But early on, it was nice and it worked. Uh, We don't have much of a story. Don't really need much of a story. I mean, no one really cared about the story of Super Mario Bros. Because the game was fun. You know, (laughs) go that way. Saw, you know, finish levels. Yeah, pretty much. A bit of a Metroid kind of thing where it seems that there's verticality and there's things that you can unlock and open eventually, but not right away. Okay. Um, No fall damage, which is good because there are some times I fell from great heights and you basically do a superhero pose landing and then you get up and... That's also Metroid light. All right. Move on. Um, It was fun. And... Honestly, I look forward to playing the full game. You know, this is one of those where this is worth the purchase for me. So, okay. Get in there. Nice. Mubius machine. Mubius machine. All right. Mubius. See, you don't actually have to stress the E so much. But you, you do. It's fun. But it's more fun to do it's so. The Mubius machine. Mubius machine. I like it. All right. Right on. Justin. Yo. Uh, so, uh, I got a new phone and I'm having to like reinstall all my apps. And mm-hmm. as a result, I haven't really spent a whole lot of time on Reddit. 
Uh, have you been doing any Redditing lately? Uh, yes. Why? Thank you for asking. So, as many of you know, I don't get I don't get to play too many video games, but I do have a wide breadth of knowledge that I think is useful to the gaming community. And so, I've been going through Reddit's Ask Games to find questions that I think deserve a definitive answer. In a little segment that I like to call Ask Justin. The Geek Cave Podcast and its associates, including Justin, do not condone the advice given in this segment. Thank you, Nigel. So, this month's question. Where's the best place to promote my YouTube channel? Well, uh, there's the bulletin board down at the community center. Mm. The library will occasionally have a what's happening in your area section. Oh, yeah, that's it. Uh, flyers on lampposts. Yeah. Public access TV. Public access TV. And pamphlets left on people's doors. You know, the kind that you slip over the doorknob. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, All great ways to promote your YouTube channel. When I lived in Indiana, there was a public access TV station, and I was this close to like going in there and be like, can we have a half hour <laughs> to do Geek Cave TV? But then I realized it would require getting the two of you to Indiana, and that was going to be a little bit more difficult of an ask. I mean, you could have always asked, and our go-to answer would have been yes, however. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but. Yes, but. Okay. All right. Um, man, promoting YouTube channels hard though, because everyone, no one cares. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no one no, cares. Really, no. All right. Um, well, uh, what else have you been up to? Cause I know that I noticed a Gamefly envelope with you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, have been getting more games through Gamefly for my shallow save file where I play a game strictly based on its cover art. I decide, oh, this looks fun. And I do no prep at a time. I sort of did prep for this one, as this is a sequel. Oh. This month, I played Detective Pikachu Returns. Okay. I did not like the first one. But again, I played it like, I don't know, 10 years after it came out. Dusted off my 3DS and popped it in and didn't like it. Right. I thought, okay, Detective Pikachu Returns. It's on the Switch. I love my Switch. Graphics look better. Maybe it'll be more engaging. And? No. Aww. It is the same schlock. You have to go talk to every single thing and interact with every single thing in order to get to the next screen. Um, also, another gripe. It starts off with this um, recap of the first game. In where, real time. <laughs> where, you know, you're introduced to Detective Pikachu, the world's greatest detective. And his human friend, Tim. And they're on the hunt for Tim's father, Harry. <sighs> it's two years later. Harry's still missing. Oh, good. Hmm. Oh, good. And I'm just like, really? The world's greatest detective couldn't find this guy? Well, this guy's clearly gone. It's a Pikachu wearing a Sherlock Holmes hat. He can do anything, allegedly, except find this one guy. World's a big place. I mean, we never found Jimmy Hoffa. Probably never will. And probably never will. <laughs> yeah. That dude was fed through a wood chipper. That was, allegedly. The Geek Cave podcast does not... <laughs> we don't know where Jimmy we, Hoffa we is. We do not know where Jimmy Hoffa is. We don't know who Jimmy Hoffa is. We've never heard that name before. None of us so, were around when Jimmy Hoffa was around. Exactly. If if this so-called Jimmy Hoffa person ever existed, we don't know. But Detective Pikachu returns. 
I didn't like. I popped it out and I loaded up uh, Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker. And that's more fun. Play that. Yeah, he did text us asking what we thought. I'm like, yeah, it's it's a good game. Yeah, it is. Play it's that. a fun game. Yeah. All right, cool. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Uh, before we get to uh, the main attraction, the uh, pile of shame, and oh boy, this year. Oh, this year. Uh, we've got some other uh, reviews. Chad, uh, I know that you've been working on uh, like at least one game. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is a good start. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, it turns out that I don't like roguelites. I just... Same. I don't. mean, we probably could have um, looked in the archive and found that out already, but go you ahead. You know, and I've, I'm playing God of War Valhalla. And God of War. Yeah. Kratos, the hook is that Kratos has been invited to a particular place. He goes, discovers that he's been invited basically to Valhalla, the only place of Asgard to survived Ragnarok. And the purpose of the game is for Kratos to work through his past and come to terms with it in a maybe healthy way so that he can, he can accept Freya's invitation to join her council as a god of peace, which is stupid because if anything, he should be a god of hope. I mean, considering the entirety of the whole Greek uh, series is about his basically never-ending optimism mm -hmm. that he can be freed of his sins. And so, and it starts with Pandora and ends with Pan... Anyway. Yeah. I digress. I've not finished the game yet. I'm halfway through, mostly because Christmas, but also because after about a half dozen times of moving through the levels and dying, only to have to start again... I just get disheartened. Yeah, I mean, road lights are hard, man. I mean, I'm going to finish it because I've finished every God of War game thus far, including the phone one, Betrayal, which I found an emulator for to be able to play it, <laughs> and the the text adventure that they did. There's a text adventure? There was a text adventure before Ragnarok to lead into Ragnarok. And, and this is, if not the least pleasurable game it's the second least pleasurable game wow for me uh i've got to s and what's irritating to me is like it seems that the the games that have the story that are most important to kratos personal development are the ones that just really leave me wanting in so ascension is the other one okay like I was going to ask for real bad. Ascension takes place just before God of War one, the the first, where basically he has decided to betray Ares, and so the Furies punish him. That's what the Furies do: is they they punish those who they do the thing break. Uh, but it's that game that basically gives Kratos the ability to kill the god, kill a god. Okay, and so there's. Well, to kill Ares, and it gives his backstory and a whole bunch of those things. It, but it was a really lazy end game for that one. Basically, you went through like ten arena battles, and that was just the end of the game. There it was, hey, new arena, go kill these things. <laughs> hey, new arena, go kill these things. Go kill, <laughs> have fun, play. Well, and and I realized that. God of War is seen overwhelmingly as a hack and slash, you know, with a bit of puzzle platforming. And that's not inaccurate, but usually the violence was moving you towards something, not just a cut and paste of a level. And that's what where the roguelite is just giving me these flashbacks to essentially like, oh, 
let's let's see the same half a dozen worlds and and things and let's go after it well yeah crap so um, i doubt that i'm going to play it again you know kratos and mimir are still really funny and it's good you know in terms of the relationship but once the credits roll if the ending isn't just absolutely phenomenal there's no way i'm picking this back up i will just watch the youtube videos of the cutscenes uh beyond this so because it is a good example of its genre it's getting a b plus because it is a bad example of a god of war uh power fantasy it's getting knocked down to a B. Okay. okay. Now it's it's uh, worth noting that it's free for Ragnarok. Yep. Yeah, you've it's got a free Ragnarok. Just it's free. And you liked Ragnarok. I liked Rag- Ragnarok. Is great. Yeah. Okay. The most personable and threatening villain in the entire series in Ragnarok. It's just beautiful. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sorry, Valhalla didn't quite. Or so far hasn't lived up to your expectations. Well, unfortunately, it kind of is. As soon as I found out it was a roguelite, it's oh. like, oh, right. Okay. Okay. Carry on. All right. Uh, did you play anything else? Mm, that was the big ones. I've I've restarted, when I'm on the road, I've restarted Uncharted, the Golden whatever. the Golden Abyss. Golden Abyss, yeah, the PS Vita one. Yeah. And I will maintain that being able to do the platforming by just running your finger along the route you want Nathan to to climb is brilliant. Okay. Instead of having to fiddle with getting the the stick at exactly twelve past one o'clock. Yeah. So that he can make the next jump. Yeah, the Vita was definitely underappreciated. For some of those games it certainly was. Yeah. But that's what I got. Justin, you play anything else? Uh, no. No? Okay. Uh, well, you know, we did a lot of traveling for the holidays, so um, my go-to game on the Steam Deck has been Red Dead 2. Yeah. And uh, almost through that, it runs phenomenally well on the Steam Deck, you know. Uh, but I played a couple other games, uh, one of them being Gravity Circuit, picked up uh, from the Steam Winter Sale. You remember Mega Man? Yeah, it's made a man. It's it's made a man, but like with punching instead of uh, shooting your little gun. But like you got eight robot masters, sorry, eight circuits uh, that have uh, rebelled against humanity for reasons unknown. And you got to fight them. And there's one where you're fighting like a freaking TikTok influencer female robot, which is one of the funniest damn boss fights, honestly. Um it's it's fine. It's good. It has an easy mode. So it's it's for people who uh grew up with Mega Man but maybe don't have the reflexes that a Mega Man requires anymore. Mm. So and it's probably the closest thing we'll get to an actual Mega Man game until Capcom pulls their heads out of their collective remake asses. So yeah, Gravity Circuit uh, is pretty good. And on the Steam sale it was like tw- like 10 or 12 bucks. Not bad. Not a bad deal at all. Uh picked up uh due to a lot more demand than I anticipated uh, from people on you know various social media platforms who've reached out on threads, who've reached out on TikTok, who've reached out on YouTube. I finally got around to playing Baldur's Gate 3. And my initial response was, this is much harder than I anticipated it being. 
Uh, it's a game that takes heavy inspiration from D&D, right down to like how your stats are figured up. There's dice rolls for combat. There's dice rolls for whenever you're trying to intimidate someone or whether you're trying to like persuade or whether you're trying to sneak. A lot of these dice rolls are done automatically, though, in that you don't realize you're doing a perception check until something comes up on the screen and says, you failed. Ah. Uh, so that's good. Uh, but, you know, the, the characters are interesting they're charming uh, your party may vary based on what direction you go and i know i've missed at least one companion that i could have recruited and i know i killed one uh because she just seemed evil and it seemed like the right call and i hope it was the right call uh but you know the, the cast is charming the problem is i'm not sold on the gameplay it's clearly designed for like keyboard and mouse which is fine but i've been playing with a controller because it's on ps5 as well it's on xbox and so I figured I got it on PC, but I figured I'm going to play it with a controller because that's where the majority of the audience base is. And for a game that received all these Game of the Year awards, for me, it's like, OK, it's a slightly better Dragon Age. <laughs> now, does that make it a bad game? Absolutely not. Drag. No. I like two out of the three Dragon Ages. You know, I thought Dragon Age was fine. But is it a game that I think was a better game in 2023 than Tears of the Kingdom or Super Mario Wonder or Resident Evil 4? Uh, no, mm. I don't. Uh, I think that the reason it won so many Game of the Year awards is because it is a breath of fresh air, and it does have a lot of interesting ideas, and it does give uh, D&D the kind of representation that you would think you would have in the video game space that it's kind of flirted with but never really got to. So I like a lot of what it's doing. And it is a time sink. Every time I play, I usually do two or three hours. So, like, it does have a good, you know, value there. But I just don't think it's as good as some of the hype. Mm -hmm. So, but the fact that you can customize the size of your penis is nice. Mm -hmm. That's fun. Didn't they do that in Cyberpunk, too? And uh, and Conan. Mm -hmm. And a few other games. But, you know, it's, it's always fun. <laughs> so, um, that being said... If there's nothing further, Kent. It was created by a madman. Ignored and rejected. Every week it grows. We cannot kill it, for it does not live. Step fast and be wary, or you may fall victim to... Darren's Pile of Shame. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome once again to uh, Darren's Pile of Shame, uh, where I take a look at my ever-increasing backlog, which just got worse because of the Steam Winter Sale, and I think to myself, I really should do something about this, and then I go play Red Dead again. Let me take you to the faraway future of 2008, <laughs> where robots are used on the battlefield, and they're so indistinguishable from humans, the press has started calling them hollow children in the most creative thing the media has done since coining the phrase fair and balanced. The game starts with Dan Marshall and his stereotypical black friend, Roy Bigbo Botang. <laughs> that is the name, who sounds like Ice-T, and is definitely not iced tea. I know. I googled it. Sounds like him, though, a lot. 
as two secret agents infiltrating China to track down the guy that the rest of the international community thinks is responsible for an assassination attempt by one of those so-called hollow children, which are illegal for various reasons. Number one, assassinations are usually illegal. Number two, hollow children. I like that phrase. You'll encounter waves of enemies, a balls-out, over-the-top, giant mech boss fight, a swimming section, and some cringy-as-hell dialogue all in the first hour. And then you're treated to a flashback of some of the things you just played as the title screen officially makes its debut in a playable prologue that would have had the Metal Gear Solid series saying, Dude, really? Welcome to Binary Domain. The first entry in the year of who? Uh, which is basically a going to be a list of reviews of games that I forgot I had. Not games that I know I bought and then just never got around the plane. I literally forgot I had. The fact that he has at least 12 of them. Oh, yeah. There's more than 12. I'm sure there Some are. Some months are going to be doubles. But <laughs> a, a third-person cover shooter, sci-fi cover shooter made by Sega, who also made a much better third-person sci-fi cover shooter just a year later on this game's very corpse called Vanquish. Play that one instead. Long story short. <laughs> But I digress. Binary Domain. Now for the spoiler-filled review. Yes. Binary Domain has the unenviable task of being the first game of this uh, s this series. And my best estimation is that this game came in a monthly giveaway that Sega was doing for PC users back in 2020, when we all needed the distraction from a global pandemic. Unfortunately, Binary Domain is Sisyphus the game, and it creates a whole new kind of distraction, starting with it technically supports controllers <laughs> but i'm sorry <laughs> that, that might be that might be the funniest line you have given so far anyway yeah but it, it technically supports controllers in that if you like using the left stick to move great um but the right stick uh, does nothing the right and left triggers aim up and down, and the start button fires your gun. As in, I'm going to start throwing this controller. <laughs> it's a bit broken. <laughs> Just a little bit. Now, there are multiple uh, workarounds. The, the Steam community is great uh, for uh, coming up with controller you know, templates that you can uh, apply to your game via workshop. Here's the problem. I tried five. None of them worked. They all gave me various changes, but none of them worked. The good news is it works perfectly on the Steam Deck because Valve forces the game to recognize its inputs despite its own attempts to be a moody teenager that its parents just don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of the interface, if you were to tell me that a third-person shooter would take inspiration from Hey You Pikachu... An N64 game where you yell at a fictional electric mouse, I would at least be mildly intrigued. Unfortunately, Binary Domain's speech effect system shows up in this game and this game only because it's constantly asking me to not only shout commands for my fellow secret soldiers directly at my Steam Deck's built-in mic, but also to engage in regular conversation with them. Something that I just want to do while I'm playing a cover-based shooter. Uh, many times I'd be minding my own business and then Big Bo would be looking at me, waiting for a response to his latest 2000s black best friend edgy dialogue. 
and let, let, the, be... let the audience uh, <laughs> let the audience know that at that point, Darren did use air quotes. Yeah, I did. Great, big, sarcastic. Stick. Air quotes. Yeah. And there are a few suggested responses that pop up on screen, but you can also uh, come up with your own response because the speech effect system is able to decipher what you're saying. The Shut bad, up and shoot the bad guy. Uh, the bad news is usually the game will misinterpret it. Uh, there was one time where I just said, sure. And the on-screen text read, and I'm not kidding, fuck you. Autocorrect the game. <laughs> My relationship with my squad mate, which, by the way, that's a thing. You have a relationship meter. My relationship went down a notch because Big Bo's like, hey, fuck you, too. And then the game carries on. Funny, but not great execution. <laughs> and really, not great execution can sum up binary domain. <laughs> Boss fights are interesting, but most of the time it's just wave after wave after wave of the same robot soldiers. Sisyphus the game. Followed by instances of, look, we can do heavy-handed military espionage babble, too. I guess, followed by Dan inappropriately trying to flirt with his squad's sniper. Yes, let's make passes at the person who can shoot me from a very far, very far distance away. <laughs> uh, the gunplay, when it works, is fun enough, but it never grabs its hooks into me enough to make me want to finish uh, or even just keep playing for more than a half hour at a time. Like I said, it plays very similarly to Vanquish, which is faster, funnier, and more enjoyable overall. Just go play that one instead. To me, binary domain is, in my best estimation, a pizza crust that you put in the oven, but you forgot to put any toppings on it. <laughs> Not even sauce. It's just plain bread, which is good enough to get the job done if you're hungry, but it could have been so much more. <laughs> so... Thanks for listening to the gaming episode. Be sure to listen to our other podcasts, including Geek Cave Comics, which uh, dropped yesterday, and Geek Cave Podcast Movies, which drops tomorrow. We also have You Want Me to Watch What? That is a bi-weekly movie review podcast and the Week 3 podcast, as well as the occasional TLDR when we come across something that needs a little bit more splaining to do. Uh, you can find us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash podcast for live streams. Check out Deep Cave Plays and Retromantics on our YouTube channel. And uh, you can also find all of the links to that stuff and our social media channels at deepcavepodcast.com. And while you're there, join our Discord. You can chat with us one-on-one, -on -one, meet other Deep Cave fans, say hi to Paul, share your ideas, and get early access for each new episode. For Kent, our chest-high wall that protects us. Justin, our sassy friend who keeps us humble. Chad, our overpowered laser cannon attached to our normal plain Jane assault rifle. I'm Darren, who said okay and somehow accidentally insulted my sniper's motherland. And remember, everyone is a geek for something. Yeah.